the one the one silver lining that I I I pulled out a magnifying glass to search for and I found <laughs> the silver lining with this is that whenever these conversations happened 5 10 years ago the like our side we'd be like hey the Palestinians are being you know brutalized the answer would be too bad they're bad people they need to go but like end of story but now now you are seeing a lot of both sides in, which did not happen 10 years ago like the both sides argument was like they wouldn't even you know uh seed the fact that israel is committing war crimes but a lot of people are now i think yeah i think john i think you mentioned that that some of the sessions you've had but like okay that is pretty messed up now that is a good sign it's it's slow progress. It might not come fast enough, but it is a good sign that it's kind of like what I, we always say about, you know, Republicans, that whenever they say, well, both sides are the problem, that means they've been cornered. They find the Republicans doing something that's indefensible. So they got to say, oh, it's both sides. And that's what's happening now a lot well, uh, more than it ever did before. So that's one thing that does uh, offer me some hope here. We, we have elected representatives in this country calling Israel an apartheid state. And that as much as it feels like a nothing it, it's a big deal desmond what were you gonna say yeah i was wanting just to kind of like close out this this conversation here with just some final thoughts by everybody you know i i like you tj and like and john i do believe that we are seeing progress here and i think that a lot of that is coming from this age of the internet we're all mm -hmm. able to share yeah. information so quickly with each other. And thankfully the internet hasn't really been censored that much just yet. So we're able to like be able to communicate uh, about all these different things going on. And it's just waking so many people up to what has been the whole time, but people did not know until yeah. now. And now people can make more informed decisions. And we are seeing that there are protests happening around the country here in America that are pro-Palestinian and as some people in America do, uh, not I mean, we have Republican lawmakers who are calling these demonstrations pro-Hamas uh, demonstrations, not pro-Palestine demonstrations, and that's not totally unexpected because you know, like, let someone tell you who they are, let you know, just believe them. But to see Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, you know, um, essentially see these things as well, and she said that it was um, bigotry and callousness of the people who were protesting in Times Square for, you know, Palestinian liberation. That one, that one definitely caught me off guard a little bit. And I was very, very sad to see that. And it, I know a lot of people have, have attacked her for several different reasons from the left, but very just, it, it's beyond tone deaf, just obviously just a terrible thing to say, terrible thing to say. And, and my final thought, you know, alongside of that is, Something that you were mentioning in a previous, you know, conversation, Erica, about like what we're seeing right now in Israel might give them, the, you know, the, I guess, the green light to do the things that they've always wanted to do. I am very much afraid of what that will might transpire to be, because we are seeing people who are standing up for Palestine, not just here in America, but also over in the Middle East. We're seeing demonstrations happening in Morocco, over in Syria, in Yemen, in Jordan. Uh there are there are some rumors. It's nothing more than just rumors, but there has been substantial. Well, it has been repeated by several major outlets that Iran had some kind of connection to the uh, to the Hamas attacks originally. So now there are people calling for war with Iran. And, and I got to tell you, I, I don't know exactly where this is all going to go, but if this were to lead to some kind of 
revolts in that part of the world, it, it wouldn't just be confined to the people in that part of the world. For those who are not aware, Iran, for instance, has a military pact with Russia and with China. If they were to be attacked for any reason, Russia and China would come to their defense. It would get very nasty very quickly if the, if those things didn't start to go that direction. And so we're going to be paying attention to it here on the channel. We're going to bring people updates uh, you know, as these things come along, because unfortunately, I fear that the worst might yet might be yet to come. But it's um, this is a developing situation, and it's um, I, I think it's terrifying what might come next. That is the thing that has kept me up most at night. That this feels so similar to nine eleven, um, in that the response, the knee jerk response, has been. Yeah bloodthirsty cause for war and i remember growing up uh for those you know i, I was born in 96 so i barely remember i was five for 9 11 um, but i do remember it and i remember that time period and the animosity and you know again i was a kid so i didn't experience it firsthand but i remember and i grew up with friends who were you know muslim americans who they informed me a little bit more later in life and by high school, I had pretty much arrived at the conclusion that, you know, we were wrong to invade Iraq, to invade Iraq. Uh, it was terrible, um, everything we had done. And it, and I felt this way because I was seeing media talking, joking, like fucking episodes of South Park family, like just like joking about how, you know, fucking America world police, you know, and like how I was like, oh, it's obviously clear and obvious to the adults who are making this shit that this was stupid and we were wrong for it. And by time I'm an adult, they will have fixed this. And then I became an adult and they didn't fix it. They, and I realized that it was my job to fix it. And I also don't know how to fix it. All I can do is joke about it. And like, it's such a fucking horrifying, horrifying, realization that your country might go to war you know and there's nothing based on total fucking lies and thousands of you i might get fucking drafted i know that like that seems unrealistic but if the plausible scenario you just played out desmond happens my ass is getting drafted you know and like it's all going to be based on a massive fucking lie and it just, I, I feel like we've learned nothing. And it's so defeating. Yeah. I, uh, oh, go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> oh, so I'm not quite as worried about a large scale war with something, with some, with a nation like Iran. Um, not to say it's not possible. It certainly is. But with... Uh, there's a re there's a very good reason we haven't gone to war with Iran. Believe me, we want to. Like we've wanted to for a long time, but uh Iran is not like Iraq. Like Iran no. is 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 much bigger, much more powerful. The terrain, it, imagine like uh, if Iraq had the terrain of Afghanistan and like 10 times the money and twice the people. Like that's it it would be like it it would be an unwinnable war. And at most it'd be like a proxy war like we were kind of doing all the time anyway and uh not downplaying like a possibility of the conflict but it's just that um wars between like two major powers like that. I don't know if that's what you're referencing uh necessarily John but 
it's uh no one really wins it's like when people talk about us have us, us going to war with china that's that's not going to happen because no. we both lose no matter who wins we both lose but like the 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 one time i was actually afraid that we would go to war with iran is when trump assassinated uh yeah. Awesome yeah. that yeah. terror i was still in the army at the time like that terrified oh, me God. <laughs> and, oh, uh, jesus because that if i mean if there was a time to call you know go to war that would have been it i mean it, it's yeah. amazing that that you know they didn't retaliate more than they did um one thing that uh that i do find interesting about speaking of violence here i i didn't if we if we don't air this this is fine because uh i don't want to get you guys in trouble or anything but we're airing uh, this so be careful (laughs) we i'm annoyed at our our fetish for non-violent protest and uh, before Mm. people get mad Mm. at me for saying that what I mean is uh, if you look at our heroes, like the people that we preach to be heroes to our children, you know, uh, George Washington, uh, Julius Caesar, you know, uh, people like we, we, uh, uh, Douglas MacArthur, Dwight Eisenhower, we, sh- we shove forward the people who actually fought for what they believed in. They thought something was wrong. They stood up, they fought, and they made things right. Now, that only seems to work for a certain type of person, though, because now let's shift over to the Black community. Can you, who is who is the paragon of like the best example of Black civil rights? It's Martin Luther King. And they say, well, Martin Luther King just politely asked for the racism to stop, and it all went away that's who you should be like and you know malcolm x fought against racism too but he was a big meanie pants about it and that's not cool and that's <laughs> and that's kind of how people view like with this whole palestine thing it's like yeah you know maybe if they were a little more civilized we would yeah. treat them better so like if you're you know a white man you pick up a weapon and stand a post if you're a minority you pick up a sign and stand in a field like that's 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 how they want you to protest because uh you know you uh, can you think of any examples of like a uh, a minority figure held up uh for conquering a great cause that did so violently and how many like you know white people can you think of that you know got something big accomplished that didn't do like susan b anthony is like the only one i can think of but i'm sure there's i'm sure there's more but there's a lot more in one column than there are on the other yeah tj like i i think that's to re-answer my question from earlier like why is this important to talk about that's one of them in that I'm someone, I'm on record on this show, on on my shit for counterpoint politics, like, I am a big advocate for nonviolent resistance. Mm -hmm. Um, Not because I necessarily think it's the more morally justifiable thing to do, although I I do, but more because it's the more effective thing to do. Um, There's research on this subject and like nonviolent resistance has twice the success rate of violent resistance. And that is because. Hold on, everyone. Hold on, everyone. Be- before, because this is a whole different conversation. But let's just keep it real. This is a, this is a whole different oh, oh, conversation. I'm looping it back in here. I'm let's just, let's end in. the conversation on Palestine first before we go to that. But, yeah. Oh no, no, I'm looping it back into Palestine. No, 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 no. And no, I can talk like, more this, about this, this in looped, Palestine. Yeah, this gets looped right back in because, it, as I was saying, like if, if you look at the research, it's it's pretty clear and obvious, like that nonviolent resistance works because it gets more people to support your cause. But like, that's the problem is that it creates a 
unfair advantage for the people who already have an advantage. Like, yes, that is reality, but it forces the minority group, uh, the, the people with less power, to not use force to fight back against the people who are using force against them. In in the Israel-Palestine situation, if you expect the Palestinians to never use force, what the fuck? If we're going yeah. to be giving money to the Israelis yeah. who are using force, and your argument is that, well, Palestine should peacefully protest, they shouldn't use force, then why the fuck are you giving money to Israel? Again, like... Even if you think this is a both sides, even casualties scenario, which it is not, even if you think that, how can you possibly justify giving money to Israel if you're saying Palestine needs to be a little more peaceful? It, 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 there's no logical consistency to that worldview. Yeah, I, I wanted to point out also that um, the the demand to remain peaceful there is an element of that that is very privileged and very isolated from the reality that Palestinians are experiencing. Um, you know, when they are up against a huge you know, nuclear superpower, they are literally building rockets using pipes, metal pipes that they find in their neighborhood because of the blockade. They can't get any supplies to even build equipment, build weaponry. So the weaponry that they do build is indiscriminate by its very nature because of the blockade they cannot build precise weapons that are going to precisely target israelis in exactly this place no they are using the little bit that they have there to fight back and it's not going to look perfect it's not you know i i have a lot of criticisms about how hamas has gone about all of this so many things like don't you know don't involve elderly folks don't involve children don't you know execute civilians don't do like there are a bunch of guidelines that i wish hamas would follow with all of this so that they so that they would be more effective and that they would be more morally in the right here and people could get behind them more but the reality of the situation on the ground is that the asymmetry is so extreme and they are doing what they can with the tiny little scraps that they can pull together. And the fact that they were able to do this massive invasion from land, sea, sky uh, with paragliders going into Israel, like is fucking remarkable, like is mind blowing. Um, you know, I, I, I suspect that maybe the Israeli intelligence service knew more about this than they're letting on, but catching Israel off guard with all of this, that is wild and they did it with the little bits of garbage that they could pull together in their horribly you know bomb devastated and uh, impoverished region there where they can't get anything and they can't even fucking leave 